hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of It's Not That Deep with Liv and Hannah. We still haven't worked on the intro and we're going to say it every single time because we're shit at it, but I mean, otherwise it would be perfect. So. I think it's our USP for sure. Okay, yeah. Also, we're like so close to kissing again today. I know, and it's I great. so intimate, I love it. It's intimate version of It's Not That Deep, <laughs> you know? But we're back with another episode and this one we've been itching for genuinely genuinely itching for we have honest to god I'm trying to look at her at the same time of sharing this mic because I don't want to be an asshole and not look at her because it's a legend it's a podcast golden girl I should say broadcaster founder of girl versus cancer influencer writer literally everything and in between it is Lauren Mon. yo 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 <laughs> You did well done, babe. I mean, Irish girl to Irish girl, and I can't even fucking say it. I know, it right. we're pretty much family anyway, and I, I can't believe you haven't bloody said it right. If you never said it wrong, I'd have been like, well, okay. it's because it's because I always call you Lolly, so it's yes. a bit distracting for me, but I'm trying to keep it professional. No, call me Lolly, makes sense. Or Loza, or Loza. Loza. Just, just not prick. Just don't call me a prick, or the C bomb. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's the one word I want anyone call me. I'd be like, would you call me? Would you call me? Oh, you guys ever call I, someone the C bomb? Oh, all the time. I've called like a. A stranger the sea bomb and I thought they were gonna kick me in the face. That yeah, it tends to happen if you do that, babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a stranger, yeah. with a stranger that does tend to happen. But um Lauren, we like to do a pet peeve to kick off our show just because we find it quite frustrating. The whole premise of this show, mm. this show, this podcast, is that we find it quite frustrating just being women as in general. Mm. Um for sure. it's hard being a woman, man. It's for hard. sure, for it's sure. Long. Um so yeah, we like to kick off with pet peeves. And I've been thinking about mine, and there's too many to really go over, apart from, like, Boris Johnson, men in general. Mm -hmm. I thought my pet peeve would just be the fact that, you know, those people that always make everything about themselves. So the people that, you've been to Tenerife, and they've been to Elevenerife. Yes. And they... I never knew before I met you. (laughs) I say it all the time. But it is so true. Those people that always, always, always will turn it towards them and tell the tell you how better they've had it or whatever else. Or how worse. Or how worse. Yeah. yeah. But I say that's my pet peeve this week. But I really did want to go general and go just full on men because I fucking hate them this week, as I do mm. every week. But this week has been a lot. But we're trying to stay positive. Can you be a bit more direct? I want the goss. Who's who's been to Eleven Reef this week? You want oh. to say it without getting trouble? Yeah, I'll probably get sacked for it, so I'm not going to do it. Um, But there's a lot of pricks in the music industry, and that's about it. That's as much as I'll go. What about you, Lolly? Pet peeve? Oh, my God. Like, picking one. There's a lot. I, too, hate. Actually, I'm going to go for it. Man fucking splaining. Yes! Man splaining is such a golden term. I know. I've had, recently, I've had someone correct their girlfriend in front of me at the dinner table. I've Yeah, and it's like, no, darling, it's said like this. And you're like... Oh my god! Uh, choking on my salad. Honest to God, that also reminds me of this incident that happened to me. Sorry, but the other week I was in the shop asking mm. for papers. Literally, I went, "Can I have a pack of Rizla?" Yeah, yeah. And this fat old bald guy behind me, yeah, always who always one. has, always who also <laughs> probably has small dick syndrome. Yes, was literally behind me going, "Oh, I thought you asked for a packet of foreplay." What the fuck? Where did you get that Babe, it's this entitlement, man. So then, so then, of course, I go, I I couldn't, most of the time, I react and I Mm. couldn't be bothered because I was literally in my Crocs and my baseball cap. I Mm. wanted to go home. So I turned around and I was like, I mean, it's not really even funny. He went, oh, fucking lighten up. 
Why do I have to lighten up? Or when they go, oh, just smile or, you know, lighten up. You oh. don't have to deal with it every day. Oh, I did. I played a blinder this week. Oh, go on, go on, go on. So for my birthday last week, I turned 36 last week. 36. I turned 36 last week. Yeah, I always have a thing. Last year I was 35. This year I'm 36. Yes, bitch. But I, I put a post up of me and it's me in a bra. You can kind of see my nipples. It's not. That deep. It's not that sexy. It's a picture of me in a bra wearing a crown. A human body. A human female body, right? Who's 36, by the way. 36. Also, I do have a cracking pair of tits, but whatever. (laughs) Yes, you do. And this old, bald, white guy. They're always bald. They're always bald. And white. Called Les. Slid into my DMs. Happy birthday, gorgeous tits. What the fuck? And I was like, hmm. Because in my head, I was like, well, I shouldn't have put a picture up. Because as we're conditioned as women, yeah, shouldn't you shouldn't put a picture up. Like but then I was like, no, I thought, fucking do what I want. If I was to get my yeah. fanny out on the internet, I could do it. Exactly. It doesn't give you any entitlements to my body. 100%. So I literally, I was like, I went on, then I was on Twitter later. And I noticed he followed me on Twitter as well. But in his picture on Twitter, he has a wedding ring. And I was like, oh, honey, now we're going to play. <laughs> so I screen grabbed his Instagram story. Reposted it on my Instagram. Tagged him. And I said, good morning to... And I tagged him in it. Good morning to Big Les and Big Les only. I said, clock, you've got a wedding ring. Hope your wife doesn't see this, eh? I love it. And um, and then he, like, obviously saw it. Deleted the message. He sent me everything. I was like, it's a screen grab, boo. (laughs) Oh, my God. You got the receipts. Yeah, but, babe, I'm like, I'm just done facilitating it. It's like... I know, I know. Like, it's not our job to fix men. Yeah. But I will not help them along their path now. No, like agreed. I will always speak on and speak out if I find something. Same as I would on race, same as I would on homophobia. Mm-hmm. It's the same. I think as women, we just shut down so much and we're conditioned. And also, confronting your own conditioning is a yeah, lot. it's a mm-hmm. lot. And we have our own conditioning that we're dealing yeah. with. But I feel like with some men, they're never going to realise that. They just think they're right. And it's like, you're not babes. I think no. it's just mad because, before we get into it, but yeah, with Sarah Everard, it's mm-hmm. like, for me, that moment when that all, happened and there was like this blow on the mm. internet and this this feeling like genuinely when I think about it I mm. get goosebumps like we all felt it as women it and it was supernatural in a yeah. way like we all just had this feeling of like no we're not yeah. doing this anymore I, and it's yeah. just absolutely exhausting but I was having the conversation weirdly enough last night like how have I normalized it until Sarah yeah. Everard that that was never we an issue. We had this conversation opened up so many of my mates because all of my friends that I know have been assaulted. Mm-hmm. I was assaulted earlier this year. Yeah. And it's like, I, you bury it because it's like, it's normal. It's my friend. They didn't mean it. All this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, nah, you assaulted me. Yeah. And when, when the Sarah Everard thing happened, I think what happened, it was the same as the Me Too moment mm-hmm. and everything like that. But I feel like anything that's online at the moment is so much more gassed up and heightened because yeah. of the situation we're in. And we're all so present online. We're mm-hmm. very much living on socials also, and stuff. It's, it's so, Social media right now is how everyone socialises. And yeah. Like the last year, so it's even more like... Yeah, prominent and yeah. prevalent in our in our mind's eye. And we were talking and I said to my friend, I went, do you know what? I said, the first time anyone ever touched my vagina, I was 11 years old and the boys in school rushed me and put their hands up my skirt. Yeah, yeah it's And horrible. it really upset me. I know. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking disgusting. And yeah. I, But also, we're normalised because that's what boys do. Yeah, They, I know. they I know. take your bra off, they grab your tits in nightclubs, they push you up against the they wall and try and butt. force a kiss out of you. Yeah. 
they they gaslight you when you tell them you feel uncomfortable, not to take it too far. Oh, you're being dramatic. Oh, it's a compliment. Oh, I didn't like when you did this. Oh, now I can't ever kiss a girl again or sleep with a girl again because they're, I'm gonna they're gonna think I'm this. And it's like, bruv, you nothing happened to you. I yeah, know. you did it to me. You did it to me. Yeah. So like, I do have a real fire in my belly with it, but also I know a lot of it comes from my own trauma. So mm. what I'm trying to do at the minute to leverage that in the best possible way. So I'm doing. In my therapy sessions, I'm talking a lot about what I've experienced. Yeah. So then when I come at it, I can come at it with more power yeah. than emotion. Like, well, I was going to say more power than passion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, putting the emotion into like an articulation where rather than it being anger, because I'll right. go straight. Yeah. I'm very emotive. I react off of emotion Me all too. the time. Yeah. So that's why I lost 5,000 followers during the last general election because I spelled Tory, <laughs> C-U-N-T, and <laughs> everyone disappeared. And I was like, wow, closet Tory's following oh, me. Shit. I mean, at least they're out of your exactly. out way. You should be people lot. who support you who you, you would, like, actually fuck with. But also, like, life. you follow me for time. I'm an NHS patient who, they, like, mm-hmm. they saved my life from cancer. Don't, what, what do you think Don't was going to happen? You see me right. canvassing for Labour this whole time and what you think when, when they lose, I'm not going to be fuming with the country. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean, I've had to learn to take it from an 11 to a 6. Um, but it's still quite a lot of aggression. So, but yeah. It's, it's just... hard. And the most of my friends I know have been assaulted. Yeah. I've also had my own problems yeah. with that. It's fucked. It's such a weird, it's such a horrible culture that we oh. live in. Have you girls watched Promising Young Women? No. Yeah. I haven't. It's a good guy thing. So the amount of time someone's done something to me and I've said it because it's been a friend or a friend of a friend. And they're like, oh, but he's a good guy. He, did, he wouldn't have meant it like that. I'm like. He did it though. He still fucking did it. Also, I'm sick and tired of saying saying There's that no, we need to be careful. It's good guy syndrome, and guys want to be seen as good guys. Yeah. I know. So they panic. So they act badly. You hold them accountable. They're like, oh, but I'm a good guy. No, you're not a fucking good guy. Readdress what good guy means to you. Exactly. I know, but also it's like, no. I, I'm like, do I go into it? But we'll go into it really quickly, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll turn to maybe your pet peeve and actually getting into the the content, the, the, the real nitty gritty. But it's always good to have someone on that equalises our level of anger. So it's brilliant. Oh, mate. I was born Aggie, I swear. Oh, me too, me too. <laughs> I came out of the womb like, blood. what is this? I know, I was like, <laughs> need to make change. Um, no, but it's like, what you said, I, I've i never really realised, but the first time I was literally sexualised and <clears throat> technically, I would say harassed rather mm. than assault. I would say it was assault. Mm. Now I look back as a grown woman. Yeah. But I always said it was harassment. I only told my mum two years ago. I was four. I was four. Fuck. And it's like that is normalised because also girls, young girls are programmed mm-hmm. to feel guilty about being sexual beings anyway. And at that yeah. age, you don't know also, what that is. you walking around being a young little girl with your body out yeah, isn't I being know. sexy. Exactly. I know. And that's the whole thing. Like when you see kids running around on beaches and like, I remember when we were younger, like we used to run around topless and, and Nicholas and I love that. That my mum was like, never put us in like little swimsuits or whatever. Yeah. Like, you'd be in for two minutes, spill something on it, she's like, right, it's off. Yeah. Yeah. Because she just made us feel so normal. And in the same respect that we grew up in a very naked household, right. me and my sister were always naked in front of each other. It wasn't sexy, it wasn't like pillow fights. It's and, freedom. It's free, no, but it's normalised. And then also seeing other women's bodies and going, oh, that's what they yeah, look it's like. Normal. So you're not yeah. seeing it through the media's gaze exactly. or the ma- male right. gaze because you're seeing it through your own gaze. Right. Like, I know I dress for women. I care more about another woman looking at me going, you look fucking sick yeah. than I do for a man. It is so true. Looking at me going, you'll, you'll do. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because when I came out of cancer treatment, I'd started growing my hair before I got sick. Do you remember? I got it to a bob live. Mm-hmm. Like, it was quite, I mean, it took me bloody ages because I used to have a crop. And then I got sick and I was like, right, I've got to cut all my bloody hair off again. So I cut it. And then after my illness, this hairstyle I have now, it's, my, it's me. Yeah. It's so, yeah. I was going to say, it's, it's really so you. But I went through this really weird wobbly thing after cancer. Where I was like, no one's going to want me. So I wanted to make myself right. as feminine. And I say that with air quotes yeah. as I possibly could. So I started growing my hair out. 
And I went through this whole identity crisis. I was like, I don't feel like me. I don't feel like me. And I realised, because I was forcing myself to be some yeah. version of a woman. that right. I just, I'm not. Yeah. I'm never going to be a lady, but I'm a fucking woman. Yeah. And I, this is what I like. I'm androgynous. I'm a masculine energy. I'm an alpha female. I make no apologies for it. And I'm, I, I love, especially watching, like, I feel really old saying this at 36, but I do love watching, like, the younger women coming through the ranks and this awareness that they have of who they are, this mm. gender fluidity, this questioning everything, this, this turning their cheek to things. And I do feel like we're raising a different kind of generation of men now, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, that, hopefully. Um, but it comes down to men teaching other men. Yeah, because they yeah. don't listen to women. No. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Do you have a pet peeve? I do, but I feel like it's, it's going to be along the same man-hating lines, but I'm just going to go for it. So the gyms have opened. Yeah. Mm. But Bojo won't let us have classes, and I just go to the gym for classes. Mm -hmm. Like, thanks a lot, Fuck Bojo. Boris Johnson. I'm paying, I'm paying yeah. £89 for what? So yeah. basically, I was like, Hannah, you need to go to the gym. They're taking the money out of your account. Just go. So I woke up. I cycled there. I did, like, 200 metres on the rowing machine. I was mm -hmm. like, fuck it. And I was like, let me go do some weights. I pick up some weights. I turn around. Every single man in that room is staring at me. And I'm literally just like, I haven't missed this. I haven't missed being stared at at the no. gym for like going there for myself, wanting to do exercises that are probably look pr provocative because I like to work on my bar. But yeah. everyone's going to be looking at me. And I was like, you know what? I'm paid to be objectified. Like, nah, I'm not yeah. on it. I'm not yeah. going to the gym until yeah. the class open. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like trying to do something for yourself, like some some kind of like self-care, go to the gym and it just becomes a horrible experience again. And but you have to look at yourself through the eyes of them. But also like there. how boring it's for so them. Boring. Like really they don't even guys, hide it. really? They don't this even hide it. Are. I know you've been locked up. I know it's been locked down. I know you probably haven't got your dick wet in like a year, but all I'm trying to do is like go there for myself. Like let me have my gym time. Let so, me live. Horrible. It's the same with bars and everything though. Yeah. Like free drinks Night for ladies. Clubs. What, to get ladies drunk so they can take a bite and drop by men? How many times have you guys been groped at like a gig? Oh mate, oh, I've, I've, I have a guy at a festival lost his glasses and I drew blood because I knocked him out. I, went, I fully went. I was like, you don't. But when I was younger, I was like my early 20s, that, you were like, what are you doing? But yeah. it wasn't, someone would grab your bum and you'd think you wouldn't even turn around. Now, yeah. oh, if anyone even leans in too close, I'm like, excuse me. Yeah, no, I, I do the same. I'm yeah. like, do you, do you mind? Yeah, I'm like, can you get, I'm like, baby, you're a bit too close, personal space. God, COVID's been COVID. a dream. Oh, oh, hasn't it been <laughs> Two metres, bruv. Two metres. Honestly, it does <laughs> Just help. Just a little cough well, yeah, at least the general away. consensus is that we do. Uh, and like I said, I do try not to generalise, but no. their statistic is real, 97%. Yeah. So, yeah, not I'm all glad where, Not all men, but nearly all women. N exactly. So, or most women. But I will say this as well. I, like, I hate having to, like, caveat it, but, like, my brother, my dad, I've got right, men in my right, life me too. who are, like, the best. I, and also, like, because I'm angry at men, doesn't mean I fucking hate men. I love men. I love yeah. dick. I'm getting jaw surgery done next month and I'm telling you now as soon as my jaw's healed all I'm doing everyone goes what are you doing this summer lol I'm sucking dicks <laughs> summer I'm sucking them all it's been a year off a girl needs to I feel like got this is going to up your game as well oh my my jaws my checkers it's all off because of my braces babe that's what I'm saying so I've got to have jaw surgery can you see there's a little gap you, yeah, oh, so yeah I've got an underbite at the top so my top jaw's coming forward my braces will be off and I should be like grab a ticket guys or form an already cure I've got practice to do muscles. But yeah, do you know what I mean? We can't you're wait to, for You're going to have to give us like a, like a 101, like what you have to do with your new surgery. I'm, I think tips. I need to start a podcast called The Dicks I've Sucked and just do it about I the year. I love sharing head tips. Like we, you, yeah. you learn the best from your I friends. just feel like I'm shit at it, but I think every woman does. No, I bet you're not. I think every woman does. I was, I mean, mummy, if you're listening, can you just Head not off. listen to this bit? Because I know Dr. she's is. definitely listening. Because it's lolly. Bye. Yeah, okay, mummy, now turn off. But <laughs> I think, I always think that I'm really bad because I've got the biggest teeth in the world, but... I'm not gonna lie. I think you, I'm good at guys, the same time. Guys, I'm not being funny, but 
a guy has his dick in a girl's mouth, you don't care. Exactly. Yeah, true, true, also, true, we're, we're painting. Or a guy's mouth. Be like, a painting's sucking me off right now. Like, wow. Oh, yeah. true, true, true. This true, is very true. true. And also, they'd be like, wow, Lozaman, queen of podcasting, is sucking my dick. Yeah. Exactly. Please come back after the surgery and just like, come on and we'll have a whole episode dedicated. I mean, my mouth, I will try and talk, but my mouth's going to be pretty full, girls. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about if we do casting here? Yeah. Look, we, we, look with the screen, the screen, we could do like a little bit of no lighty, no liking. Oh my god, it could be like naked attraction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we just we just get the dick there. Oh my god, and I then, don't know what I'm setting myself up for. Also, guys, you know now it's all linked to no size. Apparently, if a, yeah. if a man has a big nose and he's got a big big thing, is big it? Really? Right. We could be like measuring the nose. We could do uh, if you need someone to do market research. I'm well, yeah, you yeah. can do little like test out what's going on. I'll let you know. It's not that deep men as God, well. This, so. this took a turn. This is what happens with me. I've I had know. a coffee now. I mean, we haven't actually got into any of the content, but that is the best bit about <laughs> this podcast. Because to be honest, we don't really need to talk about anything in particular. But we did want to talk and big you up, obviously. Because you have an incredible story. A hundred percent. An incredible it's very, story. It's a very interesting one, yes. But obviously okay. something that was extremely life-changing mm. for you. Um, you've turned into a positive without mm. going obviously way too into detail. Um, and obviously I'd rather it come from your lips, not mine. Mm -hmm. These ones, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> Just to clarify. You are now in recovery, right? You're, yes. You're, well, you're completely clear. I'm you've clear of cancer. It will be four years, hopefully. Fingers crossed in July. Well Amazing. Amazing. But with your cancer, you like I said, you turned it into a positive and you created Girl vs. Cancer. Mm -hmm. And although we know and understand it, we'd love for you to explain the idea behind it because it is so important. And genuinely, I'm not even just saying it because you're in front of me mm. and you're a very good family friend yeah. of ours, but you've genuinely changed the whole conversation around cancer. Oh my God. In, especially in this country. And I think it's really important. Like... And there's a lot of things that hopefully you'll touch on. And if not, I will definitely mm. ask you. But please, if you could explain. Yeah, no problem. It's, it's so weird because it's like, so it'll be five years in August since my diagnosis. Oh, I can't five believe Five years. It's mad. It's, it's gone so quickly. 2000, August 2016. I basically found a lump in my boob. I've got very small boobs. Found it ha having a wank. Uh, grabbed my <laughs> grabbed my breast in the throes of ecstasy. I was like, well, that wasn't there before. Um, and I waited for it to go away. I, just, you know, menstrual cycles, I thought it's just probably a lump, and it didn't. And I remember being off my chops in a tent in Glastonbury and going to my best mate, feel that. She was like, that's big, you need to get it checked. Um, so long story short, I, I went to a walking centre, they sent me away, said it's probably nothing, go and get your GP to refer you, ridiculous. Went, because I thought it was nothing, went away for like two or three months, then eventually went back, and when I did go, it was, yeah, breast cancer, breast cancer at age of 31, but barely any tits, no family history, wasn't checking my breasts, and I was just, side blinded by it mm. like your raw was that like was there the day i found out like every, it was just i like i can't i don't really can't find words the way i try and describe it is you know at alton towers when you get the ride that shoots you up and then drops oh, you that is the feeling stomach drops yeah the physical feeling your whole world just goes Whoa, and like you can't really hear or see anything and but all i remember is leaving that hospital and being in real shock but also going what like nah this doesn't happen to girls like me mm. And then as soon, and when I mean girls like me, it's like young, fit, healthy. I thought you had to have big tits to get breast cancer. Like, I yeah. knew nothing. Also, also the, you get checked when you're 40 in this country. Oh, babe, 50s. 50s. Yeah, 50, 55. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Late. Yeah, late. yeah, yeah, really late. And also, 
you know, it's different now with all the work that Copperfield have done as a charity and stuff. There are more, there's more cancer health stuff in health education at schools. But I was at school, I was taught to put a condom on banana. I wasn't taught about my reproductive health. I wasn't taught no. about checking my breasts. We need to be teaching women as part of their self-care from day dot. This is how you examine your breasts. Because then it makes people less scared. Yeah. I don't it, know what to do. I don't know I what to do. I'll, I'll show you after. It literally, I try, but there's I no wrong and there's no right. No, the, the, there's no wrong and there's no right. The most thing is that you're thorough yeah. and you do it regularly. So like, it's just using like, either a circular motion or just grabbing your boob, like feeling. I don't do all that shit. Mm. I literally, I've got tiny tits. I grab my boob. The main thing is, well, go up into your armpit and along your collarbone. Because if there was any lymph node involvement, you'd feel lumps. Yeah. Because some people present in the lymph nodes before you even know, especially if you've got a bigger chest. Right. Um, the main thing is doing it the same time every month. So you're in the same part of your cycle. So I always recommend go to Copperfield's website, sign up to their text reminder service. They send you like a boob pun on the first of every month and it just reminds you just to give them a feel. It takes five minutes. Brilliant. Do it laying down, do it in the bath, just or the shower, just fucking do it. Check your tips. Just do it. And, and the thing is, you're not checking them for cancer. What you're doing is getting to know your body. Yes, yeah. so right. Because then you'll know what changes. If you have a regular period and something changes, you know it straight away. It's yeah. the same with your yeah. breasts. So it's just being, it's been responsible for yeah. your own health, really. I never did that. So when I found out, I was like, I need to find girls like me who've been through this. It's five years down the line. That Instagram is only just 10. So it's five years into Instagram. I couldn't find anyone. I was looking everywhere. Lucky for me, I knew one girl called Charlotte who had had bowel cancer when she was dirty. And she's like five years older than me. And I outreached to her and I was like, I'm really stuck. But also her cancer experience was so different to mine. She was a mother as well, and it was a different kind of cancer. She had different treatments. And I I could find women like me. There were loads, because it's the most common cancer in the UK. But they weren't my girls. They were women at more advanced life stage. They were all white women. They didn't swear. They didn't talk like me. They were wearing really questionable wigs on really <laughs> odd-coloured chintzy sofas. And it was just... Like not to, I'm not being a bitch about it, but it's like that's not relatable to me. No, I'm not that yeah. life stage. I was I was just starting my first managerial role in my career. Right. I was out dating. I yeah. just moved out of my mum and dad's house. I was lit. I was thriving. I was in my early thirties. My life was just trajectory. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it all got cut short. Like it just got pulled from me. Yeah. Um. So I needed to find women who I could see, and I was like, they've done it. I can do it. And I just really struggled to find girls like me. So I was like, do you know what? I'm not have. I'm fed up of the pity stairs. I'm fed up of people been scared to talk to me about this I'm just going to talk about it my way swears in a really Instagrammable editorial way on Instagram you know <laughs> I don't really like all that like shock factor stuff this is me with the, this stuff I like things right. really curated and nice right, yeah. and I think it makes people more it makes it more palatable for people to to read and you hear. You say that though, because like you said, you did you did put the raw moments up there. Like oh yeah, 100%, I spoke about it. Like you, I lost my hair exactly, and stuff. Yeah, you spoke about it in a way that was like this is very personal to me as well. Mm. It was always my point of view yeah. it was never this is a generic thing no. that was one thing that I think is so relatable from what you started on the internet yeah. obviously we're getting to girl versus cancer mm. but from your page alone yeah that's one reason I feel like a lot of people flock to you whether that's for mm. any sort of influential business mm. you do but it's like you have this relatability and this kind of comforting way of just being so black and white and so mm. kind of like this oh, yes. is it and yeah. it's either this or that but I feel as I feel like if that's your truth and you're being honest you're being you you operate with integrity other people are going to relate in some mm. respect and I've always thought about that like the reason why I say the things I do and I I'm open like, about me sucking dicks this is the conversations we have amongst friends at right. the pub right. I just and say we, it on a microphone like, right. I don't really care exactly yeah. because it's real and it's true and 
I, that was what, it was the same thing with Girl vs. Cancer. And it literally just started as a hashtag regarding any posts I did around mm -hmm. cancer. And what happened was the more I spoke on it, the more people found me and they were sharing their experiences. And it just became this magnificent community online. I started selling t-shirts for charity that I've done really well. I think I'm over 100k mark now. I need to add it all up. Ooh, um, yeah. The thing, I, the thing I love about Girl vs. Cancer is I went on there and you you have like articles to help people, like not just victims, like the whole family. When I'm going to stop you saying victims. Uh, people who have experienced cancer. There we go. go. But this um, is what I mean. It's yeah. that education on, on conversation. And but also, you don't know. It's like when people say oh, they lost their battle. I don't say they lost and it's no. not a fair fight. No, but right. but I'm, things with me, some people get aggy about it. I'm not aggy about it. No. I'm like, like I say to you, don't say victims, say experience because yeah. It, you don't know who you're. It's just you're it's a language. About, it's a language, yeah. You know? yeah. And yeah. unless you're in it, you don't know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. of course. True. Yeah. My mum had cancer when I was probably like four years old, but I was too yeah too breast cancer. I was I literally didn't know what the hell was going yeah. on. Like, I was too young to understand yeah. it, and I know that. I just wish that, like, reading it now, being able to understand what she went through, and I'm like, you're, wow. Now yeah, I it's have, a lot, I isn't it? You're like, wow. The knowledge. Yeah. Like, I think. I was like, I was four years old. Also, as a single mum as well. Yeah. yeah, it's when she lived in France, and you, you get checked younger because she got it when she was 40 and they just kind of said to me like yeah your mom's gonna go to hospital for a few days and I was just like why why what's going on mm. what's going on but luckily she didn't have to go through chemotherapy or amazing like and it's the fact that they got it early but it's just like reading it now and be like wow this is what she actually went through and like someone so close to me that I probably had no idea that she went through that but mm. I can see it from like something your community that you built but there's not one person who hasn't been touched by the disease and that's the thing it's like whether it's you or it's someone you care about what's so I'm so proud of a girl versus cancer is when I was in my treatment, I knew with Girl Versus it was going to become a community because it's not just about me. I am not the spokesperson for cancer. I am not the, like, cardboard cut out. Exactly. It's just yeah. my experience. experience. But my experience as a white, cis, heterosexual woman in the centre of London be treating one of the best hospitals in the world, right. it's a very different experience. What right. you're saying, like, a single mum down the road who can't take time off work for chemo because right. you've got to feed her two kids and the government don't give you enough sick pay. Right. And, like... It's all of that stuff. I'm like, there is so, it's the complexities of a cancer experience are as nuanced as the disease itself. Mm. So I, with Girl vs. Cancer, it's about to go into a rebrand and a whole relaunch. I'm so excited. So August 31st, my cancerversary will relaunch and it is unbelievable. And it's just shifting from, rather than it just about being stories, we're going to go into the storytelling, but with purpose. So we're going to do like more research um, and focus groups and and hear stories and storytell, but with a view to change policy, to get grants, to right, get funding. Right. So we're a force for actual physical change. Right. Awareness pieces done by all the charities, and they do a great job, and I'll support them 100%. I don't need to duplicate that. Right. What I've got is a gob and a drive and a grit that a I, other charities can't swear. No. Yeah. I've just done a whole campaign called Give a Shit About Bowel Cancer. I know. Who, bowel Cancer UK that's can't great, do that. That's a great marketing guys oh my god i'm so excited on monday so this will already be out by the time this airs so the month of may is um national masturbation month so it's masturbation really? yeah Brilliant. so i'm launching a campaign called feeling myself and it's all about pleasure for cancer patients and the issues they face and the barriers to pleasure so people are like, oh the barriers to sex and stuff like that and it's really cold and clinical i'm like no what are the barriers to pleasure like like some women have some of their vaginas removed some people lose their libido vaginal dryness oh. numbness in the breast yeah. numbness in other parts of your body, stoma bags. There's so many complexities. But one thing I realised was every time I talk to any of my mates who've been through a cancer experience or a life-changing experience, having kids even, mm. that changes your body, the first thing we do is who's going to want me? And no. I was thinking about it because I was like this as well. And I was like, hang on a minute. How about if we just accept and love our bodies first? And if we're loving on ourselves and we can make ourselves calm, if we can accept the bodies that, that we're in now, it, 
it will come. Literally, it will come. <laughs> so that's the that's the premise of it. It's not. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I've done a whole campaign. It's called Feeling Myself, and it's like I've I've done a collaboration with um, Smile Makers, a vibrator brand. I'm Ooh, selling them on the website. Brilliant. Yeah. It's changing it because the thing is, there's so much stuff around sex and cancer, but it's again, it's very. This is the moisturizer you use in your vagina. Or yeah. how about talking to a partner like this? And I'm like, no, fuck your partner. Get him out of the bedroom. Get a fucking Absolutely. vibrator. Feel yourself. Make yourself orgasm or make yourself feel. Get into your body. Like, look at yourself in the mirror. Touch yourself in the mirror. Like, look at your body, babe. Like, this is about your recovery, not anyone else. And yeah. if you feel comfortable in your skin and you accept it and feel sexy and like, cool, you know, like, or you're attractive. Yeah. That's a secondary. Yeah. And I know that's easy for me to say, but as a single woman as well, mm-hmm. I've had to have that mindset because yeah. I didn't have a husband or a partner that I could turn to who'd have me as I am. Yeah. I'm going out into the big wild world where, let's face it, it's fucking militant yeah. dating in London. It's, it's also not nice. shit for anyone, let alone yeah. someone coming out of an experience yeah. like that. And like you said, yeah. actually dealing with not only the physical changes, mm. because you talk quite openly mm. about that as you have, but also about... The impact it has on yeah. your own, yeah, you know, and your, your identity. Own I'm a sexual being, man. I've always have been. Like I always said before, I can't. I was legs open, heart closed. I was having a great time. <laughs> I was like, I'm not getting into this. I'm not getting into things with Speaking anyone. Bio. Yeah, honestly, that was literally. I was like, got to write. I was like, no. Um, but I, for me, like. I don't know, it was that horrible thing of like, I know when I came out of cancer treatment, I just slept with like the same two guys I was sleeping with before. Not because I liked them that much, because I knew they knew me and they accepted my body and I just needed to get myself back in the groove. Mm. So rather than go out there fresh, I was like, fuck it, I'll just like reheat old me and just like get them back in the bed. Um, Almost like a pity fuck, because they're not going to say no to me. (laughs) I was like, oh, poor me, look at me, I'm so sad. (laughs) And it's like, get in my fucking bed. Um, But but that's the whole premise, but that's girl versus cancer in a nutshell. It's, 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 the, the new tagline for the rebrand is the Fierce as Fuck Cancer Collective. It's no longer a community. It's all stakeholders in cancer. It's the friends, it's the family, it's anyone who gives a shit about it. And it's changing the narrative around the disease and the story we've been sold and the way of doing things. We do not need to put dying people on tube posters yes. to get money for cancer. It's so problematic. Like, when I was in recovery, seeing people on, like, Macmillan adverts and stuff yeah. who were really, really ill and dying, how triggering that is. Yeah. It's just and one in two people in our lifetime will get cancer. I so know. think how many people watch that and yeah. feel that way. You don't need to scaremonger. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the cool shit I've just done. Yeah. Do you know how much money we're raising? And yeah. it's like, I've not put anyone's scars. I've not put anyone there going, oh, look at me. All those guys are bowel cancer. Did you see one stoma bag? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to do it. You don't need to do it. And that's, there's a lot of, fu- I've got fire in me. You can hear it. Like, yeah. I'm so excited for the next step of it. But it just blows my mind because... But this time five years ago, I had no fucking idea this was going to be what I do. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, well, what I really wanted to ask you when I was reading up about your story is, what did you want to do with your life before you knew you had cancer? Like, what was your dream career? Like, what path were you on? Do you know what? I was a bit of a lost soul, man. I'll be yeah. honest. Like, I knew... But did you, when you were at that age, did you think you were a lost soul? That's what I find interesting. Cause I, I felt like, like I was failing. Thought, really? Because I feel yeah. like you've always got this energy that, like, fast pace. Go, go, go. Oh, mate. Enjoy Literally, life. I need to go in. I'm going to, I actually, funnily enough, I know we're getting to mental health after, but I'll speak to my sister. I'm going to go and get some psychiatric diagnosis done because I think I've got some kind of, I'm not saying like bipolar disorder, but I'm quite manic yeah, with okay. my emotions. I'm very, look, I'm very together. I run two fucking businesses, but <laughs> yeah. there's something about me that's rapid fire. And I love that about me, but also sometimes I could be a hindrance. So I want right. to learn more about myself. But yeah, I've always been like rapid fiery and very reactive and stuff. And I, I've got a lot of energy and I love that about me. Like I'm like, oh, a buzz. But I didn't know, like, I love doing social media. 
I was a social media manager by trade. I loved blogging. I did. I, like, I had like 2,000 followers. I did a bit of influencing. Back in the day, I was one of those girls at Somerset OGs. House walking around. Yeah, the OGs yeah, of blogging. Yeah, OG crew. OG, yeah. OG of blogging. Before, like, inf- before Instagram was even like mon- monetizable, yeah. is that the word? Um, yeah, I, I, but I, all I knew is that I wanted to do something that was creative and expressive. And I loved the communication aspect. I love branding. Like, I love branding. I love getting an idea and going, how can we like make this cool and how can we really show off someone's personality by doing this and that's why I loved social because it was a way of curating a brand and obviously as well with my own blog doing that but I also knew I wanted to work for myself I'd, I'd left a job in my mid-20s and tried to do it but all I did was party and sleep so that didn't really work and yeah I was like wait I wasn't ready for that kind of commitment yet didn't have the drive um but all cancer did was give me a purpose. And once yeah, I've got a purpose and a bit, like something it. to bite down, like, on, mm. I'm, that energy gets put into somewhere really good and channeled into somewhere mm. really good. So, like, I feel like I was in jobs where, you know, you're forced to square peg into a round hole. My brain doesn't work the way that, you know, a nine-to-five job does. I'm shit in the mornings. Like, but I will kick off at three o'clock and work till nine at night and I'm right. on fire. And all that this has done is reaffirmed in myself. There was never anything wrong with me. I was just a very square peg in a very round hole. Yeah. And mm. I'm achieving really things that I'm very, very proud of off my own back because I've got the capacity and the autonomy to do it mm-hmm. rather than have someone go, no, you must be at work at yeah. this time. And no, if this is late, then... this is what success looks yeah. like. Right. And, yeah. You know, it's like, actually, the thing I'd love, like my old job, like my marketing director was my manager when I got sick. And then when I came back, he wasn't, but he was still at the job. He didn't sign my leaving card. He didn't ask me how things were. He like pied me because he knew we fucked up. He knew... I got paid for three weeks out of like a year and a half. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. And what is that, if you don't mind me asking? That's company policy or is that, ge- what's the what's the generic government kind of guideline for sick pay for something like Oh, serious- statutory. You get statutory sick pay, it's like 50 quid a week. But that's, how is that, how I does that even, how is that rationalised? There, there is understand. no law that, that is in, like there's no law to say that your, your employer has to pay you when you're sick. They have to pay you like the minimum there's like a minimum they can pay you and then it's statutory. So I got paid for three. I'd only been in the business a year, fair play. But I was also a young woman in the business who had breast cancer. Yeah. I'm not saying you've got to pay me my full wage. But fuck me, when you're spending that much money on advertising agencies yeah. and right. shit jobs, right. you, can, you can help me here. And that, to me, that's where as well I kind of was like, I'm no longer being a payroll number. I'm going to do my own shit. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not being treated like this. And the amount of work and graft, you know, we all work. Like, you put into someone else's fucking back pocket. Yeah. And I was like... And you never really see all the profit of it. You see like a tiny, tiny bit of it. And the pressure. Yeah, and, pressure. You're, and the way they make you they make you feel lesser than and they make you doubt yourself so that you work 10 times harder to prove yourself. And it's like, no. no. Like when I look back at the ideas I was coming out with, the shit I was doing, I was like, I was fucking shit hot at my job. Yeah. But made to feel like I wasn't. And that's not me. That's because my managers were being put, pushed down on by higher uppers. Yeah. Right. So they're trying to constantly prove themselves. So they push down on you. You're the whole telling system my life is fucked. Right <laughs> my fucked. whole week. And that is, you know, when I started and I was going to go and mm. bake people up, that's my whole week. Mm. That's my whole week. Yeah, yeah, shit. And it's like, but that's not, you know, it just hinders progress and it hinders creativity and it's just bullshit. And I, you know, I, I think what COVID and, and hopefully lockdown has done is shown people there's other ways to work. Yeah. And actually, there's, yeah. there is a lot of work-life balance and you don't have to make yourself sick. Like, I'm terrible for running myself into the ground, but it's because I love what I do and I'm 100 yeah. miles an hour, so I take on too much and then I burn out. I feel like even in the roles we kind of work in, I feel like mm. we're probably quite similar. Like, we're so conscientious. We'll literally give out all the work 12 hours. Yeah. And it's like, you're right. Why not put all that energy into something? Like, work for yourself. Do it for you. 
If you but have no, the I'm capacity to. I'm genuinely to. about to quit my job in about two and a half minutes if we don't stop. <laughs> it's not that genuinely. Deep. Listen, I always say it's you can do it. Like the one thing cancer taught me, and I was like to anyone who's listening, you are not the victim of your circumstance. You're the master of your destiny. Yeah. You have the power in your hands to do pretty much anything you want to do. There's something you want to do. I guarantee you, it may take days, weeks, months, years, 10 years. You can do it. Nothing is out of your reach if you put your mind to it and, and like make inroads to making that happen. Me being where I am now, doing what I'm doing, hasn't come from me going, this is exactly what I want to do. I've just gone, this makes me happy. I like this. This feels good. And yeah. just followed it. And now I'm where I love being. Mm -hmm. And there's still so much more to be done. So much. But I never, ever, ever thought. All the things I thought, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. The minute I got cancer, I stopped being scared of doing it and failing. And I just did it. And do you know what? It's, been, it's worked out. So that's my whole thing. Like, I wish it hadn't taken cancer for it to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah but at least... But it did, yeah, so... Something so big impacted your life in yeah. so many ways and it managed to be like a good way as well. You'll probably have to slow this down because my eye talks so fast. I, I oh, no, really we, we both do as well, All so right, it's absolutely good. fine. Oh, no, no. It's I, like, you know, you get into a sentence and you're like... Yeah. <laughs> you haven't breathed. I went, I went to a Catholic school and I remember this absolute prick of a teacher. Uh, he fucking hated me anyway. But I was reading out once and I've talked quite... Yeah, also, I'm quite like, yeah, nah, nah, yeah. Nah. like I feel like I was born to do this. Like yeah. I do love reading as well. So I was given a good read of the... So literally, I was like, da 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 going quite quick. And then he was like this. And then I went, what are you... And I literally looked up. I was like, what are you doing? He was like, well, I'm trying to check if there's a fire the way you're talking so quick. Uh, I was like, God, your jokes are shit. Yeah, that's rubbish. Fucking shit. But um, yeah, I mean, God, there's so many different... <sighs> topics I want to cover because of course I really want to talk about um girl vs cancer mm. with your campaign that you just spoke yeah, about yeah. give a shit yeah. because that's something that I found really interesting something that a lot of statistics that I didn't know yeah. of but I also obviously want to touch on mental health so you know let's what let's that. yeah let's you can do... find the girl vs cancer stuff girl vs cancer.co.uk no, no 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 let's do no let's do your campaign first we'll just do it very, very really quickly. Quick, okay. There's a couple of statistics that I never knew of and it really did not shake me up, scare me in that sense, but kind of like Wow, I never knew that that was the case. It's one in, I think it's one in eight women get bowel cancer. One in eight. And the scary, the scary stat is if, if a woman, so basically most women who get diagnosed with, with bowel cancer get diagnosed at a late stage of bowel cancer because the signs and symptoms they present with are often like batted off as other things really. Mm -hmm. And obviously don't fit a stereotype. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, you can put, like I didn't fit a stereotype. Right. Too yeah. young. No, you've got no family history. No, it right. couldn't possibly be. Of course mm -hmm. it fucking was. But, if a cancer in women is caught at a later stage, I think the stat is if it's caught in men at stage four, the survival rate is around 40-ish percent. If it's caught in women at stage four, it's less than 10. Whoa. And if most young women are getting diagnosed with bowel cancer at a later stage, that's problematic. Yeah. So there's a lot of work to be done there. Um, and again, it's all about perception. And like, look, NHS is starved of money and... GPs are put on waitlist and times, but I would love to work on something. Mark my words, it will happen. I want to start a flagging system in the NHS where it's like if you present twice with three red flags for any cancer, irregardless whether yeah. you meet the criteria, you go yeah. and get tested. Right. Because think how much money the NHS would save you if you want to do it economically. Right. If you just got people in and got them diagnosed or not. Yeah. When you're getting people treated at late stage cancer, you're treating them for the rest of their lives. Right. So it's more costly. Yeah. Chemo drugs are expensive. Right. Yeah. So it's like... if. If we could just invest in that, not only will we save lives, we'll save money. And I think there's something, there's a bit of work that's needed there. That's what I'd like to see anyway. I think that would be insane. But exactly that and touching on the fact that 
again, and I'm not, I'm not slating anything else or the way that things have been communicated in the past, but I always thought through the media mm. that bowel cancer was like one of yeah. the quote most survivable cancers. Did you feel like that? Yeah, you read oh, that? It, but it is. It is if caught but early. If caught early, but that's yeah. it. And there's like certain things that you don't really realise until someone like yourself or a platform like Girl vs Cancer mm. puts it in that black and white way. Yeah, and not to scare you because at the, you're looking at a mm. picture of a beautiful girl yeah. standing there that you would never think has bowel cancer no. with this wicked t-shirt on then the statistics below it are just so interesting to understand and kind of engage with because that's something that I feel like I've been it's been like shadowed yeah 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 I haven't really seen the full light on it before like that but I feel like you close off from it because because cancer campaigns tend to be like really like here's a celebrity in a charity t-shirt or here's this here's that it's not doesn't really relate to you yeah you know what I mean and I think it's changing the narrative and switching on its head and showing, like, you don't know. It's like anything. Like, gender can be anything. Like, it's not what you assume it to be. We're sold a dream. Yeah. And, like, an aversion of. And that's not what it is, like, at all. And, like, the danger is, then what happens is people get scared of cancer. Yeah. So when people hear the word cancer, they shit themselves. Yeah. Pardon the pun. We'll give a shit. But they <laughs> literally shit themselves. And then they close off from it and they don't go and get symptoms and signs checked because they're scared. Whereas what I always say is, babe, if it's cancer, it's cancer. You yeah. not going is only going to make that cancer spread and kill you. And that's facts. Right. Not to scaremonger people. When people are like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm like, just go and get it checked. It's probably nothing. But if it is something, you get it early, mate, you're fine. It's yeah. shit. Yeah, it's hard. But my God, like, wouldn't you rather be alive? I know. So yeah, what, no. what are the symptoms that get like, women bowel cancer is it like meant to be people think it's like IBS or they think it's like yeah so you can get there's cramps pains in the abdomen lumps in the abdomen most of the time it's extreme fatigue for no reason blood in your poo irregular bowel habits is a big one Um, and like combine them together we all put down to stress hormones anxiety yeah Yeah. so you need to track really so my my, I always say it's like a two week rule if you notice a persistent change for like two weeks then I'm like hmm and then I'll start to track something and if it carries on then I will go to a doctor. Like, I always have a two-week rule. That's but, such a good tip. That's a really good tip. But if you're someone who's that way inclined and you, and you know your body, you're like, this is not right for yeah. me. Like, if I all of a sudden started losing blood in my poo, like, every other day, I'd go. Yeah, it would be less than two weeks. Yeah, yeah. But, like, blood in your poo isn't normal. So if you have it as a one-off, it could be a hemorrhoid, it could be anything. But if you have constant blood in your poo and you're, you're very tired, which most of the girls were, a big thing is fatigue. Because your body's fighting something. Right. I, I was really, really, really worn down when I had breast cancer and I didn't yeah. know. And you, you said you thought it was because of the lifestyle you was living was more than anything. Out all the time. I was raving. I was partying, man. I was like, naughty girl. I was out, out. And it's like, so I was like, oh, I'm on a come down. I'm, I'm, I'm wrecked. Yeah. Mm. And actually, I wasn't in tune with my body because mm. actually, yeah, that was part of it. But also, I had cancer and, I, I, and there was a day in Italy, I was at my friend's wedding. And I woke up in the night and like literally anxiety and panic. And it scared me. I was like, where's that come from? And I think it was my body going, pay attention, pay attention, hello. Mm -hmm. Because it come out of nowhere, like woke me up, anxiety. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as women also having to deal with periods and women normally on on the time of the month, a lot of women get um, diarrhea and that's linked to painkillers. It's not actually because of your, sometimes it can be because of your... Oh, mate, I always get the shits when... I get the shits too. Always. I just poo, like, it's like the shits, I just poo. Your body's cramping. Your body's Sometimes you just think it's your period, but it could be something deeper. So I think as you get older, you learn what your body's like and you understand, like, 
because even when my period comes early, I'm like, this is fucked. This should come a week early. Mm. And I'm always like, what's going on? I'm stressed or blah, 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 blah. But our women's bodies were so reactive to so, so many different reactive. things. And hormones play a massive part. And they play a massive part in mental health as well. Yeah. Like really, really, really do. Yeah, let's touch there actually because... Yeah. It is Mental Health Awareness Month, as well as it being masturbation. What was masturbation. It? masturbation. There we go. There we go. Um, and something that is obviously very close to me and Hannah is obviously talking very openly about mental health. Mm. Um, as everyone knows, I've been mm. diagnosed with severe OCD and anxiety. Mm. And as well, I had severe depression, which mm. was really bad. Mm. Um, and I think it's just... There's certain people on the internet that you just need. And like today, I didn't actually really realize mm. that I needed your story. And okay. I only viewed it this morning. Genuinely. Really? Yeah, because I woke up at five. I was doing my show because Hannah behind me works me like a dog. No, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Um, she's like, fucking idiot. Didn't know how to record the audio properly. That's the problem. Um, but I woke up this morning and I've, I've, it was one of the first things I saw and you described it so perfectly and someone exactly that someone that is so put together for me when I look mm. at you someone that is very put together someone that has resilience exactly someone that is very strong knows exactly who they are mm. I really do that's one mm. thing I admire so yeah. much is that Thanks, you really do know who you are mm. and you ooze that and I think that is so rare oh my, no why is my brain not working refreshing refreshing yeah yeah let's go let's go that it's so refreshing um, <laughs> You know what, let's just keep that there. Mm. Someone that I admire, for you to put that up and someone that comes across so together, mm. majority of the time, because you do, you do, you are open with it. Mm. Um, but coming on and really talking about the fact that sometimes your brain is just so overwhelming and you described it perfectly for me and you said about how sometimes you just want to take your brain out and wash it under the sink. And for me, I use the analogy of turning the volume down mm. because sometimes I can, sometimes I catch my thoughts and I've literally thought 150 different anxieties mm. in the space of two and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. And I've already spiraled. And I literally, I'm getting quite good at it. Because like mm. I said, I've been, I've had this for, yeah, 10 mm. years now. Yeah. So I know my patterns. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I have to catch myself out of that spiral oh, yeah. before it goes too deep. Mm. And for example, today I woke up feeling quite low. And I've just had a really shitty week. Mm. And it's just one of those when you come on and you're just like, oh. Okay, it's not just me. Yeah. But um, it's not about cure. There is never going to be a cure for nah. mental health. It's about living with it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, just how you put it for me was just so refreshing because it wasn't like, oh, okay, you know, I've had a really shit day and I didn't do anything. It was, I've had a really shit day. Um, not been of, as proactive as I usually am. But you know what? I still got up and yeah. it might have been too late, but I did get up and I yeah. did do that and I did get on with yeah. it. Yeah. So what are you gonna I do? I just I just try and use like like you said I've I'm the same I got diagnosed with severe depression anxiety disorder in my mid twenties mm -hmm. having lived with it for years and not knowing what yeah. it was and just mm -hmm. thinking just of something wrong with me yeah and ten years ago when I got diagnosed you probably felt the same Liv no one spoke about it no one like they did and I remember getting diagnosed and coming home and sitting in my mum and dad's living room sobbing and my dad came in and I didn't know he was coming out for lunch and I shit myself I was like how do I explain this and he went what he went what's happened I went. I'm diagnosed depression, I'm broken, I'm broken, there's something wrong with me. Because that's what you think. Yeah. You don't realise how actually it's quite not normal. There's, there's a varying scale, isn't there, of mental yeah. health and mental right. health disorders, neurological disorders. We've all got shit going on, right? Yeah. And like in this society, we're human beings, how complex we are as characters, no wonder. And But my dad just helped me, he went, no, you're perfect, you're fine. And I went on antidepressants, I came off antidepressants, I've tried so many different things. 
And even 10 years down the line, days like yesterday still catch me off guard. And yeah. I can use every bit of ammo in my armory. I can, I'll be like, I'll lay in bed. I'm really, really busy. Oh, I'm trying to force myself to do shit mm. when my brain won't shut up. Like I'm sitting in now like juddering because that's what it feels like. I'm so mm -hmm. fractured. And then I'm like, no, I'll go back to bed and give myself a minute. Lay in bed. Can't stay still. Okay, I'll answer then some emails. Oh, yeah, got some email. An email pissed me off. I've got no capacity to deal with. Oh my God, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Can't cope with that. Put that down. All right, then what will I do? Oh, no. I'll, I'll get in the shower. I'll I will stand in the hallway and literally kind of do this little yeah. dance yeah. where I'm like, no, what room you. do I go in? And then I was like, right, so I know for me, cleaning and tidying my space is a big thing because I feel like I'm achieving physically yeah. rather than having to worry about what's in my head. So I will go off and clean the house. So yesterday I was like, right, my, there's stuff in my room that needs tidying. Things that have been in the corner for the charity shop for ages all got put in bags, mm -hmm. clearing stuff out, put stuff on Marketplace, on Facebook, like did all that shit. And then I was like, right, now that part of my brain's empty. And then I was like, right, exercise. And this was like one o'clock. I still hadn't eaten. Not a morsel past my lips. I went downstairs. I'm doing a campaign launch on Monday. Like, I've got so much to do. But I, but you know me, like, if I sit down to work, I'm going to really spin badly out of control because my brain is so... Yeah, that's how you describe it, right? You call it a spin. It's, just, it's wheels in the mud. Me and my therapist call it a wheel in the mud. So you're giving all this energy and friction. And you're going nowhere. Yeah. You're just going in circles and burning yourself out. Mm. So... I'm like, where can I burn off energy? So I've got a, I've got a pellet at home because I'm one of them. Oh, sick. I love it so much, honestly. Um, I just got it two weeks ago. I'm obsessed with it. So I was like, right, do a 20 minutes class. Did a 20 minute class. Then I did my stories and I was like, having a funny day today. Then like, then I had a shower. Then I had lunch at, 4 p at breakfast at 4 p.m. And then I was like, I need to get out of the house. So I just took myself off a walk around Hackney Downs. Like, went to ring a couple of my mates. And then I went, do you know what? I'm just going to ring my business mentor because she... Like, I've got the support system now, and I'm like, actually, I don't... I'd love a business mentor. I want a business Oh, she's amazing. But she's also quite spiritual, quite witchy like me. Oh, so yeah, she me. has a way of, under, like, she gets my energy level. And I said to her, I'm having a real wobble. She, like, talked to me, burst out crying, chatted away to her. By the time I got back an hour and a half later, I was calm. I sat there, and I was like, I'm not doing any work. And I was able to make that decision calmly, yeah. rather than going to myself, you have to work, you have to do this. Why are you not doing stuff? Like, my brain kind of started to equalise a bit. Mm. I was exhausted by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But I was like, do you know what will make me happy? I'm going to go online, make a spreadsheet of all the homewares I want to buy for the house. Aww. And that would just be something to make, like, just something that's not work, but keeps my brain busy and is nice for me to do. And it's one of those days where every time I have one of those days, I still try and fight myself on it. I don't think yeah. that will ever change. Know, yeah. But it is understanding. And I wrote a piece, and Scarlett Curtis um, released a book, and it says it's... Um, it's not okay to feel blue in other lies and it's like an anthology people wrote. And I wrote a piece about it and it was literally like, there's some days where you literally want to run. Like, I used to put my running gear on and run, like I'm running away from my own head. Yeah, yeah. And like, like the amount of times I've sat with my head in my hands, almost rocking, like you see a mental patient do yeah. because I'm like, fucking shut up, shut up, shut I up, know, shut up. Yeah. Because it won't calm down. Yeah. It won't calm down. It won't be quiet. There's too many voices happening at once and and it's, it is that anxiety thing. And I now know that in my 20s, my anxiety attacks were physical. Yeah. So they were couldn't breathe, palpitations, panic, blood draining from you. As an adult, they manifest like that. So what I had just say was a panic attack. Literally, that's, so, that's exactly what I get. I yeah. used to have the exact same. I used to get to the point where it would be so physical. I yeah. was so unbelievably yeah. unwell as well. But it was, it, it's now, for me, like I showed you earlier, for yeah. me it's the, I've noticed that my OCD tendency has mm. gone into picking or it's gone into obsessing over um, how I look or yeah. my, or something in my room, like mm. the slightest thing. And for, 
for me, it's exactly that. It's kind of like introverted in a way. It's yeah, gone from yeah. being extrovert, my OCD and my yeah. anxiety, to now being introvert. Yeah. And to be honest, it really fucks me up even yeah. more because I can't sometimes tell mm. what's stressful at work or what's triggering mm. my anxiety. Mm. And it's actually understanding mm. my external and what they bring yeah. to that because I'm always going to have it. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm fed up mm. of people making me feel guilty because I'm unwell. Mm. How about we change the reaction yeah. to how everyone deals with but that? But also it's like, rather than rather, when I think about it, like, yeah, mental health is a thing and I've stopped using the term unwell because mm. then it makes it seem like there is something, a deficit or a defect in you. This is just how your brain works, babe. Yeah. And yeah. now I come it with a curiosity. That's why I said to you earlier, I want to go and speak to a specialist because I want to understand why tabs are always open in my head yeah. and why I'm never satisfied, why when I achieve something, no matter how amazing it is, I'm always like, next thing, next you're thing. You're my mirror right now. Yeah, it's like, pow, pow, pow. Like, yeah. I fight on pow, all pow, cylinders. Pow, pow, pow. Pow, pow, pow. Yeah. No, you're you Oh, yeah, I've got it. Oh, she's going like, like, pow, pow back like, at me. We're about to, you know, yeah, bash guns then. <laughs> Garage guns. But, but do you know what I mean? I'm always firing on all cylinders. I'm manic in every emotion I have. I'm manically happy. I'm manically sad. I'm mm. manically angry. Like. Like everything is a hundred, and I love that about me because that's what makes me me yeah. and gives me the buzz and makes me achieve the things I do. But also, at times it's so overwhelming and I panic, and that's what happens. So rather than going and going, I need to speak to someone. There's something wrong with me. No. I'm like, I'm gonna go speak to someone because I want to understand this little thing up here. Yeah. I'm curious about it because the more I know about my brain and how it operates, the better version of myself I'm gonna be. But yeah. not changing like how you, it is. What you talk about managing with your body it differently. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Learning your body. That's so interesting. Babe, learning how your brain works. Last year, my anxiety manifested in my body. When we were chatting the house, chatting the house for months, and we were only looking at Instagram and only looking at the television. Yeah, that was and fun. I, I lived with two very, very skinny, very blonde, beautiful girls. <laughs> and I got to a point where I could not look at my face in the mirror. I was disgusted. I hated myself. I was ugly. I would cry. I was like, I, I can't stand myself. I'm butters, but I'm ugly. How, who the, like, that's my brain. That's not true. I know. But I was like, I can't, I, I understand, like, when, I, this is why we're going to have a mental health crisis, and I do worry about yeah. it. Genuinely. Because I know someone who's quite aware of their mental state, and as someone who does, who ha is practiced at taking care of it, even I struggled mm -hmm. so much during this time. What about people who have, have stuff, when, when it's quiet and you've got no distractions? Yeah. It all closes terrified. in. I was going to say, so we have to owe it to ourselves, guys. Like, this year, even now, it's not normal. It's mm. not normal at all. But, like, I definitely have noticed, like, working from home, being alone for so many yeah. hours of the day, having to deal with more responsibility at work, and all the things, all the emotions you have to go through, they're so heightened at home. And all yeah. the and you have no distractions. You're literally there with your brain mm. in your house, with your yeah. laptop. You have to work. Your boss is, like, chasing you. And you're just like, this is unmanageable. And one thing that my therapist always tells me, she's like, when you have those moments where you feel like you're you're like losing your shit or you feel like you've relapsed or like yeah. you feel shit, you have to just soothe yourself and be like, it's okay. It's okay that that happened. That like you are human. Mm. You just have to realize that it's going to happen sometimes and you're going to keep going mm. and it's going to happen. Sometimes you're going to be good. Sometimes you're going to be bad, but don't beat yourself up about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't make yourself Oh, that's worse. the hardest it's thing the to hardest learn. I always, I'm I'd, terrible I'd, for I'd, it, I man. do great imitations of my brain because mm. I genuinely sound psychotic when I do it. But mm. I'll be thinking one thing and then my brain comes in and be like, no, why are you doing that? And then my yeah. brain's like, but what, the, what, what are you doing here? Like, leave me yeah, alone. I'm yeah. having a really nice day. And then the yeah. anxiety's like, no, but you should really be worried yeah. about that because... You haven't worried about something for like Girl, two days now. We were sitting here chatting and in my head I was like, oh my God, I'm speaking 100 miles an hour. No. See, that's what I mean. But I've realised again, one of the things that I do have 
is I say to my sister, when I speak, it's a rapid stream of consciousness. Sometimes I'll be with my friends and it's like almost like I'm possessed. So I'll be talking about an idea and I go, what about this? It's like I'm having a conversation with myself. Oh, It's really, and I'm like, whoa. You're unapologetically yourself and we love that. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's who I am. And I, I felt really, really odd for a long time. And I felt like there was something wrong with me for a long time. I don't think there's something wrong with my brain. My brain just doesn't work in a way that is normalised. Yeah. And yeah. I just want, I'm curious now. Like, I want to know it. Rather than fight it and be upset with it, I want to know why I get really manic and I get really overwhelmed and why I speak at 100 miles an hour. And so then in certain situations, I can tone it down a bit because it's not going to be any beneficial for me. Like, me getting passionate about something when and then I get loud... People, when, as soon as you get out, people don't hear you. Yeah, true. So, yeah, do you true. know what I mean? It's those things. I'm like, oh, whatever. No, I'm just very, 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 I've become very curious about my own mental state. And rather than being afraid of it or pissed off at it or upset with it, it's who I am. And mm. I even learned to love all facets of myself, which I think I'm pr doing pretty well at at 36. You're doing fucking brilliant. I, but I'm curious now. Like, I'm like, ooh, where does that come from? Why did my brain do that? Uh -huh. Oh, yeah, girl. Yeah. Like, but I love it. I love I love my head. Like, it's fucking manic and mental, but it's me. And I, I just want to know more about it. Yeah. I just yeah. want to know more about it. And I want to understand a lot more. And I think there's this massive shift online as well. There's so many people I know, so many women in my life who've been diagnosed with ADHD, who are going in for different neurological disorders. And they present so differently in women. Mm. And a lot of it's linked to our hormones as well. So... For me, I just find this a really fascinating time for us all because I feel like a lot of us now are becoming a lot more comfortable in owning these things. And it doesn't have to be in a public sphere. It doesn't have to be on Instagram. People are becoming much more open about going, so this is how my brain works. Right, exactly. And I feel like the world is changing where, you know, you don't, like, my nine to five, like, I look back now, I every job I was in, I struggled. Every job I struggled. I ended up with disciplinaries and stuff like that because I could not focus myself. Mm. And I know now it's because I get bored. Yeah. I have to do projects. I have to do pockets of things yeah. because I have to throw energy into it and then move on to the next thing. Right. That's not what a nine-to-five job looks like. It's like, Liv, you saying you have to apologise for the way you work, the way you, like, yeah. people, people making you feel like you're the problem when yeah. it's like, it should be, like, especially in the mm. corporate world or, like, music industry or, like, big businesses, mm. it should be built around individual people and the way they work and the way they Yeah. It was at a point when, like, my manager was being like, um... So, you know, that email you sent, I wouldn't have wrote it like that if I was you. I would have put it like this. And it got to a point where it was, like, triggering so much because I've, yeah. got, I've got very so bad self-worth. Mm, I know yeah. that for a fact. But And it's something, you know, there's so many different problems, I mm. think, that I've experienced. But one thing was that I got bullied throughout mm -hmm. my whole primary school. Yeah. So someone telling me that I can't, I'm not communicating well, which is something I pride myself yeah. on. yeah. That was a bit like, oh, shit. Okay, so I'm going to fuck up here because I'm not doing yeah. it. No, the only difference was I wasn't doing it from a male perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was coming in at it with a bit of compassion, yeah. a bit of creativity, and just a bit of maybe not as much knowledge as other people. Babe, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I run two businesses. I email fucking CEO directors of people that are going to build me websites, give me money, and I sign off laws like two kisses. Don't oh, care. Right. I love it. Little smiley face. Because that's there. me. And if I, yeah. if I ever think it, I'm not myself, man. Exactly. No, exactly. And and this is the thing I hated. I remember um, I used to work for BHS back in the day. Very sexy. I was their marketing, <laughs> oh um, digital marketing expert. Back in the day, that. Back, back. I actually, one day one of their... One day one of their school models um, didn't come in. So I modelled a 14-year-old girl's shirt for them. <laughs> Go on. So jokes. Is it still online? <laughs> No, I don't know if BH is still going. I, I don't know, but it, I mean, it did I, go I under. I could probably do a four-year-old with my Oh, mate, well, mine's ridiculous. So. 
Um, but I, yeah, I remember it was a boys' club very much. And that's how it feels for most industries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boys club. Yeah. I called, so you know, I talked to everyone, babe, love, mate, darling. That's me all day long. I love it. There is no hierarchy for me. Yeah. Um, and I called the econ manager, like director, who sat two desks away from me. So we would interact all the time. And I'd be like, like, Steve, have you, blah, 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 have you, like, did you send that? He goes, yeah, I've sent it over. I'm like, cheers, mate, and carried on. And I got pulled into disciplinary for calling him mate. What? And I was like, so you're pulling me to disciplinary because of your ego, yeah. not my work. Yeah. And what you're doing to me is you're shut. like, I'm not going to, it's, what the fuck, man? Get a grip on yourself. Yeah, you're down your I'm head. showing you respect. I work hard for you. I don't treat you like a mug. Yeah. I've called you mate. Have a day off. Yeah. I know. And that's, that's the kind of, and it was the same in my the old job. It's but it is the hierarchical systems and yeah, it is a yeah, lot of yeah. men. It's big boys clubs and I don't really do well with it no. um, at it's all. Hard. And I've realised that. And that's something that I feel like my mental health, as much as I do get overwhelmed at times, I'll get overwhelmed on my own accord. Like yesterday, I could sit there and go, you've got a shit ton of work to do, Lauren, but you know what you're going to have to make up over the weekend? Yeah. You, right now, need a day. You need a day. Yeah. And being able to do that, a massive, massive part of my mental health being a little bit more in balance than it ever was after cancer has become from me leaving my job and going going out on my own because there's no one tell, making me be the way that I, I they want me to be. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm able to work as I work. I will sit at home, as I said, like, I'll get really distracted in the daytime because so much is going on and yeah. things are this and people are messaging me, I want to go out for lunch or you know I want to exercise and it takes me a while. But then I'll sit down at my desk at three o'clock and work till 9pm and right. that's my day. Yeah. It's just be be nice not to justify yourself yeah, to yeah. someone. This I have like, just this, myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, that, that I little anxiety. Could, I was thinking about this last what? night when I was really stressed out. I was like, like maybe I just like go whatever to work for someone else. Like even people keep telling me to consult and do branded stuff, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to do that, but then I've got to answer to someone. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> no, no, no. Because that stresses me out. Yeah. Because there's no. an expectation on me. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the only expectation I have on me now is me. And yeah. mine's enough. Do you know what I mean? My mm. expectation on myself is enough, let my, alone someone external. Mm. My sister that. said it. She went, I don't, when you've got one of those brains, if you'll ever be satisfied, you never stop and go, that was good. I'm like, I do. But then my brain goes, what's next? Um, what's yeah. Next? But that's not me not being satisfied. That's my brain just constantly being on. Yeah. It's a tap. Yeah. It just doesn't stop. And yeah. I, that's fine. Like, because that's why I've got loads of ideas and stuff, because it just flows. I love it. No, I agree. But. You know what? I think we've run out of time. Ah. I think it's time because you'll, I mean, be, you'll be back for the victim. Oh, yeah. We've yeah, got to do, yeah, we've got to do the catch up. That'll probably be, let's do it in like September time. Perfect. Sweet. So you've got like a good so summer a cu- of it. A good couple of months. Hot girl yeah, summer. Yeah. Hot girl I mean, summer. it is hot girl summer. Hot girl but it's been an absolute pleasure. You are genuinely our podcast inspiration. Aww. Our podcast host inspiration, I should say. Love so, you girls. Thank you so much for joining us and talking absolutely everything and anything. I know 100 miles an hour, guys. Sorry. From, we got a lot <laughs> into the hour, though, to be we fair. We did. We went, from, <laughs> we went from like eight dicks in one mouth, <laughs> masturbation, <laughs> cancer recovery, men. Men. <laughs> I know. Men. Someone said to me once, I'm like, would you ever think about changing girl versus cancer? Like something? I went, I'm not there to serve men. I'm there to serve the female community. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bye. It's Mike a space drop. for women, femmes, and non binary folk. Goodbye. Thank you. Exactly. Mm. But. Yes, you are more than welcome as ever. And yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Love you girls. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure.